Hi, I'm Phoebe Lovett and this is Deep Read, a podcast where I speak to big thinkers about big ideas. Every episode of the series is accompanied by a further reading list, which you can find at public-library.online. My guest today is Yoon Ahn, creative director of Ambush and director of jewellery for Dior Ahn. Born in Korea and raised partly in the US, Yoon founded Ambush alongside Verbal as an experimental line of jewellery, offering innovative designs inspired by the distinct aesthetic of Tokyo, a city she's called home for many years. The brand has since evolved into a full-blown Ambush universe, comprising unisex ready-to-wear collections, collaborations with iconic partners including Louis Vuitton and Sakai, and a thoughtful online platform that shares insight on influences from sculptor Barbara Hepworth to designer Shiro Kuramata. I've met Yoon a number of times over the years through mutual friends and have always been intrigued by the originality of her body of work and also the scope of the references that inform it. After reading an interview with Yoon where she attributed her creative awakening to many hours spent in the public library as a teenager, I knew I had to interview her and she graciously agreed, turning up to our recording in London straight off a plane from Tokyo. I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right. Hi, you. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you Freshly feeling? just landed and then um, we just dropped off our suitcases and came here. Wow. Right away. Just I've, for you. I know. I really appreciate you. When I realized your timeline of coming from the airport show here, I was like, damn, your work ethic is insane. Um, we'll get onto that more a bit. I've spent like the last week or two, like reading every interview with you I can find. And I'm like, wow, this woman works extremely hard. How long are you in London for this time? Uh, leaving Thursday afternoon. Have you, you spent a lot of time in London, right? I do come here pretty often, but usually it's like 36 hours or 48 hours. Damn. It's just in and out. Yeah. It must be like, I was just thinking about like you coming from Tokyo to here. Like, does it, it must feel a bit like going back in time <laughs> because London is so, I don't know. I feel like Tokyo is so like, everything's so seamless and like smooth and futuristic. And like London is still a bit like clunky. Like just the fact it took you so long to get here. Like the traffic's awful. Do you find, do you find, do you feel that contrast when you leave Tokyo? Actually, I don't. No? I, I just think like that's that and this is this. Right. So I don't really, <clears throat> I'm not one of those people who like to compare which is better. Yeah. To me, it's like, it is what it is. Yeah. So... I love London. I, you know, I, London, it's kind of, it's like New York in, of Europe. Right. And I love coming here, seeing like diversity, just, it has a different energy than other European cities. Mm. And I like that. It is clunky and it's like crowded, but you know, I'm, I, I'm from Tokyo, but not just like Tokyo in a general sense. I live in like the, one of the busiest part of Tokyo. Mm. So to me, like, it just crowd and like that kind of stuff gives me energy mm. and i do get that from um london too and and i think especially more i'm not too familiar with you know london in a way i can like talk about different districts but like especially around like soho area like mm. you know i get the similar vibe but i like that i can kind of like walk out and walk into different places yeah and there's a, a charm in that do you find yeah. the style of london inspiring at yeah all? yeah Definitely, like, you could definitely see different things merging together from different cultures. And you do see the similarity of Japan and here in a way that it's like both islands. Mm. So a lot of 
things been taken in from outside, mm-hmm. right? And I can also see that because it's an island mentality where you take those things and then you turn it into something of your own. Mm. And, you know, like UK gave birth to so much amazing music and like fashion mm. came out of those movements. So, you know, like I've always like check out UK in terms of fashion and the trends, see, you know, what they're tapping into. And it really is inspiring. Are there any eras in particular of like British culture or that you that you find yourself referring back to? I definitely used to be uh, fascinated with um teddy boys you know like that that era and because that that gave birth to like kind of in a way you know like kind of vivian did that for punk movement kind of came from that because she was kind of mimicking it and making things out of her own and then with the right timing in that decade like she turned that into her store and all that stuff so like that that era and definitely like the punk movement really fascinated me Mm. i think it's also because we don't see that kind of rebellion out in asia Mm. um there's a different types Mm. but in terms of like expression through just kind of like the not just like you know music but like in a fashion sense i don't think it was intentional i don't think they were trying to walk out on the street and be like i'm the most fashionable person Mm. it was just more about like this is me and it's kind of like screaming through visual um, projection right mm-hmm. and and as like asian uh, person um although i'm asian american so my my background is a little bit different than someone who grew up in the asia but like it's still quite like because we don't see that much in in japan right like people going all the way out like that so mm-hmm. like i don't know i i, I it, it made me really fall in love with like what fashion's about and speaking of you know teddy boys and all those things um they i really loved um why am i blanking out <laughs> uh the carl heinz weinberger the photographer mm-hmm. you know how he was like capturing all the um hapsack you know those kids in mm. austria that book is the reason why i think punk um too that i got into jewelry i've talked about this a few times before but Something about, like, finding, you know, because those kids grew up in, like, the working class area in Austria. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them worked in factories Mm -hmm. and they didn't have money. But back then, like, their idol was, like, Elvis and, like, James Dean because it's very American. I think was, like, the biggest cultural um, impact for them. So they would, they want to mimic their idols by, you know, kind of finding the scraps to, like, decorate themselves. You know, like punching holes and like adding things to their denim setups to like you know making a belt out of like a metal plate mm. it's how beautiful is that yeah. you know because it was like it wasn't about like class or anything it was like just pure self-expression mm. and and like i just like got so inspired and be like oh like you know um this is fashion yeah. You know, it's not about class, but it's like ultimately it should be by your expression. It's yeah. a form of expression, one of the form of expression. So, yeah, that that kind of like kind of kind of like kicked me into the, my journey becoming like a jewelry designer. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That resourcefulness. Yeah. Yeah. I think like true style is all there's always an element of that. It's almost yeah. like the more you have to sort of use what's around you and repurpose things and like the more original Mm -hmm. the outcome is do you feel obviously you said you don't really like to compare and contrast cities but where in the world i I just feel like post-pandemic we're in this interesting moment where 
cities are kind of like reconfiguring themselves. People are coming back out. The world feels very chaotic right now. Mm. Is there a city in the world where you're like particularly excited by what you see either through fashion or just like the culture, the energy? Like, is there a place that you've been recently that really like jolted you in any way? I'll be honest, like, it, a lot of times when I travel now, it's for business. Mm. And it's just like dipping in and out. Right. I wish I can kind of delve more and spend time, not for the purpose of, you know, work, but just actually just to soak in things. Mm -hmm. And I think I can make a better comment. Mm. Um, but, you know, every place have different things. And also, you have to also understand, like, when you are there in these places, right? Mm. So, obviously, Milan is, like, a pretty quiet city compared mm. to where I'm from, Tokyo. Um, a city of, like, 35 million people in the middle of the day. But during Fashion Week, it gets a little bit more exciting because there's different people coming in. And I get to see my friends and... You know, there's a different energy. So, I, yeah. you know, it depends on, like, what time of the year for what mm -hmm. and those things. But I definitely love London. I mean, I'm just saying, not because I'm, like, on your podcast, <laughs> but, you know, there's, like, I, I like diversity. Diversity really, like, excites me. And I yeah. think, you know, um, like, it really, because it, it becomes, it feels a little bit more at home to me because i grew up in the states it mm. reminds me of the states mm. you know because you live in la too right i lived in la yeah yeah um it's not the it's just something about just different race different things all coming together and trying yeah. to like find their place in this tiny city just really kind of reminds me of america yeah so i have just natural like soft spot for um london i think more than like i guess paris or milan where it's more very specific yeah yeah yeah. the mishmash london's still yeah. a bit like it's a little bit rough around the edges in, yeah. in a good way yeah i hope it stays that way i, I feel so. like it's shifted a little bit i mean understandably like economically people have needed to shift into more of like an american mindset when it comes to work and particularly creative people i kind of always liked the fact that london was like creativity first money second mm. whereas i feel like in the states generalizing but people prioritize business making money it's the hustle culture. Hustle culture. Pop. You know, like those things all kind of like influence of, I think, what's being preached in the media, right? right. And I think in the States, um, having aggression and, you know, you, you know, this American dream, yeah. it's just been preached for decades. So I think somewhere, like we all feel like we need to make it. Yeah. What's the... How does that exist in Tokyo? Because I guess because obviously, you know, we don't speak Japanese. Yeah. A lot of... We get the visual side mm -hmm. of Japanese culture, but no one really, I don't feel like Westerners really have a perception of what it's like on the inside. Like how do, how, how does that all play out in Tokyo in terms of how people think about their business and their brand and... I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's all like subjective, right? Because right. like, you know, every individual comes under a character and all that stuff. But generally speaking, um, Japan does have its aggression and aggressive side, but it's not like America where they externalize these things. Right. But, but I think um, they take pride in different things. I think they, you know, um, I can't really speak for younger generation because, you know, we have to go into a whole talk of like <laughs> how the education really affected them. And, you know, they have this different mindset on outlook on life and versus like work value and all that. So I don't want to get into that conversation because I think 
uh, we are also experiencing that going inside in the Western world. Yeah. But, you know, a little bit older generation, I think to them it was just more about like, you know, um, just kind of marrying to a company or one job and they just kind of like devote everything to it. Mm. Right? There's quite like religious aspect to, to work. And in that side, there's a uh, the bad side is that they don't, a lot of times people get promoted because they were just there for a long time. It's mm-hmm. not because they were good. Mm-hmm. And also you have to understand the cultural um, background of how like everything is hierarchy based on your age and you know and then gender and different things but to me like what's great about Japan in terms of work ethic and the things that made Japan great for the cultures is there's a quite nerdiness to it mm-hmm. when they get into something they like study down to the T of yeah. what that subject is and they try to master that and I mm. think we saw that with automobiles and we saw that with electronics. And I think after the war, like a lot of these Japanese companies were able to quickly adopt and turn out products that was like better than the American ones. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those kind of things, I, you know, I really admired what they have done in the, the throughout the um, decades until like, you know, like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it as much now, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to sit here trying to be like, this is better than that. It's just, you know, I think every culture have their own way of like, you know, what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And I think the great thing about the world and studying the culture is that you can pick up these things and 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 what you choose to adopt to into your value. Like mm-hmm. you can also um, become a plus. Yeah. So you can like cherry pick the best exactly. of each culture. Yeah. And then that's that's what I did when I moved to Japan as like Korean American. It's like I really saw even just coming from the streetwear scene, like when like those guys were like down to the T know their subjects so much. Yeah. Like, you know, that button on that Levi's of that ear and like you know what I mean? All, like, yeah. it's just like like it's like come on, it's like almost like too much, but <laughs> But at the same time, it made me realize, oh, you really have to know your subject. Yeah. And that's how you're going to get respect in this place. It's not the surface just yapping and talking. Yeah. And we often see that in the States, too. It's a lot about the thought. Not yeah. like, but when you open up the lid, it's like really empty, right? Yeah. So, like, I really, I, I saw, oh, okay, in order to get, a, you know, respect, you have to know your subject and you have to um, be best at it. Mm. Like, really, you know, mm. not just saying it, but with action and mm-hmm. also showing things. Mm. And I really quickly adopted that and I made it be, become like one of my, you know, I guess like, you know, things that I just be, become part of me. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just about work or not. It's just, mm. I realized like, oh, like, it's great to know yourself. You should know your subject. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, and there's such a, obviously like a, a tradition of craftsmanship in Japan. And yeah. as you say, like people really just, there's what's like a kind of honor in, in in every type of job like whatever work you're doing sure. and I feel like again from what I've read of you I don't want to put words in your mouth but you strike me as someone who like deep dives on your obsessions and gets really into stuff and I guess that that's a culture that as you say really like rewards that kind of mentality mm-hmm. what were you when you so you you obviously you were born in Korea mm-hmm. you grew up in Seattle uh Partially later on, later but I lived on. everywhere, so that's more like late later on in like you know middle school and high school. Okay, and then because I I mean when I reached out to you about doing this, like I remember reading a couple of years ago a quote from you in an interview where you said 
that you like really sort of got exposed to the world of fashion through being in the library every day. And I just loved that visual, <laughs> like of you sitting in this library, like surrounded by, I, I mean, what were you, what were you reading? Um, a bunch of magazines. Yeah. I mean, because like we just moved to Seattle and we lived in the suburb where, you know, it was like hour away from, you know, downtown Seattle. So it's like literally suburb of nothing. I was just surrounded by pine trees. Yeah. And all you hear, it's so, this is how quiet that town was. Like all you hear is like just a few like birds chirping and like, squirrels fighting on trees like sounds good now (laughs) like nothing you know so after school like my parents will be working and then you know i and then i was like okay then maybe i can work at the library nearby yeah um because then i can just actually spend time to like read these things instead of like just kind of like you know borrowing and returning and like you know so i don't know like my like young clever mind i just thought that i'm like okay if i get paid to read why not like you know so like I actually spent. I mean, it was it was so weird to look back thinking this tiny, a public library like size of like maybe four times the room that we're sitting in. Yeah. They had like a pretty thorough like magazine section for some reason. Yeah. Um. Whoever curated that, great job. <laughs> <laughs> and that that exposed me to the world. Just reading uh, Vogue. Um, because back then the Vogue was all about like U.S. like America downtown scene, right? Because that yeah. was that was yeah. the hub of like all the fashion that was coming out. Mm-hmm. Now it's more like L.A. with like you know celebs and mm-hmm. different generations and things like that. But like mm. back then it was like really like downtown girls, like you know. Um, so I realized girls. like oh, there's a city like this out there, like you know, like that everyone looks so great and it sounds so fun and and then I also there was you know ID the face. Um, uh, and the face, like especially back then, like it covered a lot of culture, right? Music and things like that back. So like to me, like just reading about those things, like it just opened up my, like I say this, but the world is like so much bigger with books around you. And I think <laughs> I for a young mind, like that, like expanded. This is like, I'm talking about like it's not even internet, just books. I yeah. think, and I I just that's how my mind is wired. Like I love looking at a photo. And just kind of imagine. I love like kind of like uh, in my head kind of role playing. Oh, like, you know, I like to look at something and be like, maybe she was like this type of girl doing this kind of thing. Maybe right. that she ended up like wearing that clothes on this street, yeah. sitting on that cafe and on that chair. Like, I like to imagine those Create things. the world. Yeah. Mm. Um, Is that still, how do you approach your research process now? Like Same. 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 I you, think it's also because... I've had a little deep dive into this and I'm like, okay, why, why do I think this way? Why do I look at things like, it just because you pick up patterns, right? Like, and then you have to try to understand what are these things that keep, you know, you kind of, it's the best way to understand your thinking process. Mm. I'm, I'm a very analytical person. So mm-hmm. I always kind of like check myself to see if I can do the job better mm. or if I can like, uh, expand my mind to just think a little bit differently then I feel like my mind can open up even more mm. and I don't like being confined and and those things so I really had a deep thought about this and I'm and I think um <laughs> not a professional psychiatrist but I, just being a child of a U.S. Army um personnel who made me live in so many different places and different parts of the world it when I was like little mm. I looking back um, in retrospect, it was like the best thing ever happened to my life because it expanded me 
and it made me who I am that I can relate to so many different people and in cultures and I'm such a I can instantly just pick up where I go but when you're young it's like the hardest thing because mm. you can't make friends that you're mm. like next thing you know you have to pick up and go you have to like you know pick up new language again and all those things so I never had time to actually like you know stay in one location for so long mm. and I'll be like changing schools all the time and I think that is the byproduct of like not my men like my uh how do I say like my thinking process of like just kind of imagining things out of just kind of going into my imagination just wondering what it would be like to in that shoe like you know I think that all came out of that because I was always like on the move Mm-hmm. I don't know if it makes sense. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Yes. So I'm just kind of like being more fascinated with the other side. You right. Kind of also imagining like what's behind that fence. Like, yeah. Yeah. It kind of, it just gave you a different lens on yeah. the world. Do you find, how has that like side of your nature been affected, if at all, by the internet? Like sort of, you know, from what I've read again, so you moved to Tokyo, you know, from ultimately you didn't go to New York, you mm-hmm. didn't go to any of those US cities, you moved to Tokyo and like found yourself in what sounds like a very vibrant moment for the city, mm-hmm. a really like dynamic scene, great nightlife, a lot of, you know, a lot of Tokyo's sort of cultural exports were getting noticed by, you know, as you say, like every, like Tokyo's absorbed, uh, Japan absorbs a lot of Western culture, but in that moment, it felt like the reflection was just as strong and everything that was going on there was like, everyone was paying attention mm-hmm. to. What, um, well, can you just tell me a bit about that era, really? Like, I'd love to hear about, like, when you got there, you're in this new culture, like, what instantly, what aspects of it grabbed you and made you want to stay? Um, I mean, you have to look at, like, you know, Tokyo is still, like, one of the, one of like favorite city that everyone wants to visit or they've been to right yeah but back then like um for the longest time tokyo was like you know center of like a lot of people's radar in terms Mm. of culture Mm. now it's a little shifted and because of the economy like you know they're paying attention to korea and china for past like you know i guess like five six years Mm. but we're talking about tokyo as in, in in back then it was like i think the peak of it it was like maybe late 90s and then throughout mid 2000 and and I landed in Tokyo 2023 and then um just kind of you know picking up the language after like maybe like a year or so like I didn't speak a word and mm. then I just enrolled myself in Japanese school so I can at least like get the base to start mm. like you know understand the basics and I can just kind of work at it mm-hmm. um and then once I learned Japanese a little bit, it gave me a little bit more confidence to actually go out and meet people. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, like, so shy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I'm so used to living in different places. And I know, like, my Japanese is, like, pretty, like, you know, like, messy. But, like, I really didn't care. Because, like, yeah. to me, at the end of the day, like, I can tell you, I lived in so many different places and exposed to so many different people. It's a nuance. They don't yeah. care if your grammar's off. Yeah. Like, you know, it's about your effort, too. You're like, trying. If you're trying. <laughs> yeah. People will be like, okay, like, you know, like, you know, let's, like, let's be friends. Like, yeah. people are just usually like that. So... Like, I, I start going out a lot. I start meeting different people. And then also because, I, you know, um, I, you know, I speak English. So that also opens a different door right. to, like, you know, different types of people other than just Japanese alone, mm. right? So I 
you know, I, I think just having that open mind and just going out wanting to meet different people mm. and just kind of like trying to learn everything that, like, mm. you know, led me to meet the right people. Mm. And, and, and I got to see and learn and picked up many things. And it was very crucial, I think, mm. in laying my, my roots in the yeah. city. I read some interesting uh, quotes from you regarding sort of like the impact that nightlife had has had on you, yeah. like the role, you know, that club culture has played. And like, I just saw you released a new collection, which is inspired. It's like, is it Tokyo Rave is the title of the collection? Um, I wouldn't say Tokyo Rave. I think someone just kind of like put that. Oh, someone put Tokyo that. That's Rave. a fake. Sorry, yeah. that's fake news. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's like a rave, a rave inspired. It's the spirit of it. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I think like how much I think the freedom of raving culture is still so alluring right and it's you know obviously you experienced it going out in Tokyo having a great time in nightlife like it's shifted so much right that with with social media and the internet it kind of like feels like that freedom that nightlife offered you know in those years Mm -hmm. has gone from our culture like how do you seek that kind of sense of liberation now I don't think it completely disappeared. It's still there. Yeah. I think it's just like in different formats. It's definitely back. A lot of people have yeah. been going out. Yeah, going. A lot of parties popping up now. Um, it's really what you make of it. Yeah. I, I don't think there's like one way or anything. Yeah. And, and if music gives you joy, then go listen to that music. And if you like listening to music by yourself, then that's great too. But... Sometimes I do like listening to music really loud. Yeah. Like, just like really, really loud. See, I love hear like feeling that bass in my stomach. Like, yeah. like just almost like, you know, outside the club, like you he- start hearing those things. Like things like that really excite me. Yeah. Um, and also just part of also getting dressed up to go out really excites me as well. I think that's all us kind of like doing a little bit of cosplay isn't it that we want to get into that character for that night and and have fun like in that character right Mm. so um it's like what you really make out of it i think with every situation so um i don't know if i'm answering i'm like a little bit drifting no 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 worries (laughs) you're not at all um i guess i'm asking like quite an abstract question and i suppose what i'm getting at is like how do you, it, it sounds like you've managed to protect quite a clear vision for yourself mm-hmm. that you um, have like a strong sense of, of your own interests. Do you feel at all like that's been affected by the internet, the noise of the internet? And how do you navigate that whole thing, especially in fashion where you, you have to be online to some extent, you know, you're promoting and posting and mm-hmm. like, how do you, navigate that balance of like protecting your inner world versus having to be extremely online through your work um i think a few reasons i think one my personality has something to do with it Mm. um like again i'm very analytical person so if something's present to me i don't just take it i always question every single thing Mm -hmm. so like for me internet uh i I always look at it with a grain of salt, right? Mm-hmm. Even if news break, I want to make sure, like, I look at enough sources to make sure that news was correct. Mm. Like, you know, I don't just look at it and, and just read people's comments and go with that. Mm. Like, it just, I, I never do that. And second, I think also just me spending a lot of time by myself when I was a kid, like, kind of helped me to become much stronger mentally, to know, 
you know, who I am, where I stand, like what makes me. Yeah. And having that sense of assurance of like who I am mm. uh, does help me with, you know, a lot of these kind of things get bombarded. Um, even if they get thrown at me, like just I'm, I'm very, I know like, you know what I, because I've had a, a, a practice, it's almost like mental practice. Like if you practice, in, practice enough to, let's play basketball, let's, let's use basketball as an example. If you, um, no, let's use dance, right? Thinking is more like dancing to mm-hmm. me rather than just shooting the goal. Mm-hmm. Like, if you practice enough dancing to me, depending on, you know, like what type of dance, like it doesn't really matter. Like you get natural rhythm to the, you know, the way you move. So you can kind of like pick up and like adopt and go with the flow with things. Mm. Right? But at the same time, you have your core. Mm. And if without the core, you cannot have, you, you won't be on the beat or you won't be mm. having the rhythm or like uh, have the right steps to do those things. I think mental like, strength comes from that core, right? Mm. And it comes with the practice as well. So it's not all of a sudden you become strong, but it's just many small decisions that you make with the information you take mm-hmm. and, and deciding for yourself what was right for you, what's not. And setting the limits and then also what's allowed, like what you allow into you. Mm. Uh, over time, you will start to know like what works and what doesn't. Right. Just like food too. Like, you know, just because someone says like this diet is the best, that doesn't mean it's going to work for your body either. Mm-hmm. So you have to try different diet methods to understand what your body reacts and what doesn't. Mm. And then after, even after that, you find out all of a sudden you be- develop like different allergic reactions. Then you stop those things, right? Mm-hmm. To me, like thinking is that. And then um, processing the information is that. So um, just always think. I think always thinking is the best way to start. Yeah. And then always always question everything. Mm. But uh, And also read read and research enough to see what your reading is even correct too. Mm. And, and then also always remember internet at the end of the day um, is entertainment. Like the way everything is like being centered around right now is entertainment. So people will blow up things more than um you know it's more entertaining to entertain the bad news and the the chaos and the controversy than the actual good news right right otherwise we'll be seeing good news everywhere but yeah we so, <laughs> no we definitely just like, don't just know these kind of like common sense facts and yeah. then just remind yourself in the back of your head yeah i like that i like that analogy a lot of yeah. dancing i think as you say you do need to be able to you know you don't want to be too rigid in your exactly. thinking but equally, like, you have to have something, to, a base yeah. note to come back to. Yeah. I think critical thinking in most capacities does feel like it's getting lost. And I, I read another quote, sorry, not to keep, like, quoting you. <laughs> but, but I read something. I even don't have that many quotes. No, no you, don't, you don't give Holly any interviews, which, again, is why I was like, there is not much out there. But you, I think the reason I got, got thinking about that with you is partly just from, like like, noticing a very clear you've obviously got like a very clear perspective that comes across in like your design, you know, your aesthetic, like even though it, it changes, like it's you, no one looks like you, no one like makes clothes that look like yours. Um, but yeah, I think I read another uh, quote from you that was like you talking about this sort of um, gap between free thinkers and people who, are, who aren't, who just sort of like absorb. And I just, I see that as well. I think it's, it's becoming so apparent that there's very few people who like are retaining the mental fortitude that you describe and increasingly a lot of people are just getting like swept 
um, it's not solely the internet. There's a lot of factors in place. So I guess I'm always intrigued when I meet someone who I'm like, okay, you've obviously like got your head on your shoulders. You know what you think, but you're not, but you're still creative and you're still open and you're porous. I'm always fascinated by people like that. And um, yeah, that's why I wanted to speak to you about it. But I love, I love the way you've broken it down. I think basically it's about knowing yourself. Just know yourself, yeah. right? And be honest. I, I, it's, be honest, you know, like, don't, don't, like, you don't need to talk down on yourself, nor, like, you know, become, like, you know, too much self-love is also kind of, like, I think it's a dangerous side, too. Just kind of, um, I think it's good to not to be extreme on both ends. Mm. It's just good to be in the, kind of, like, in more in the middle zone, mm. but... Just be honest, like, you know, there's no perfect person on the face of the earth. Mm. We all have the flaws. Um, that does not make you a weak person. Mm -hmm. So it's good to understand, you know, what doesn't work for you, what works for you, what makes you look good, what doesn't. And just like styling, like mm -hmm. understanding your body shape is the best way to start looking good. Because mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, not everybody have perfect body, but you know, you're, you know, what what features like you can actually flaunt because he looks good mm -hmm. and what doesn't then you know kind of maybe set it back by like covering it up or mm -hmm. wear certain cuts to kind of like give a different look right so mm. to me like thinking just life is kind of it's best when you know your weakness and then also know um what features and what makes you very unique and and spend more time amplifying those things rather than just like being sad about your weakness. Right. Would you yeah. say that you got to that place? You mentioned that you feel like maybe that was a lot to do with spending a lot of time on your own. Yeah. Would you say that's like the primary way that you've managed to gain such a clear, a clear vision of yourself as a person? Yeah. I, yes, partially. But I think also um, it was good to have parents who always been supportive they never you know like they weren't like you know so how would i say it they're also very rational people mm. so they never sugarcoated anything about life mm -hmm. um quite matter of fact kind of thing and i think these kind of upbringings did help me to um be who i am and think the way i do mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense yeah and uh, also like i think start running my own business or just you know like in general like not just kicking off as a designer but now like you know i have to run business and and get involved in different aspects so like just studying a lot of different people always like you know um i love like listening to different podcasts of like different people from different fields like yeah. science to like um tech to even like food or whatever like it doesn't really matter like mm. you know, everyone has something to say quite interesting and and that's why the world's so fun, right? So, like, just listening to so many different people. I mean, that's one of my favorite things to do. Like, every morning I get up, and when I get ready, I, us I usually listen to, like, podcasts on YouTube. Mm. Um, Are there any you like in particular? I'm I intrigued. Mean, there's Lex Freeman, the mm -hmm. guy from MIT. Mm -hmm. He has a great podcast I love because he invites very interesting but very, very, very intelligent people. So it's like almost like my quick way to kind of learn about different subjects mm -hmm. through just them talking about like, you know, very complex like topics, but it's, it's quite pleasant to listen to because they're not very snooty about it. Mm -hmm. And I do love like people like Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like, um, who's, it's, 
quite open mm. and that he can kind of like you know invite so many different type of people as well so mm. i like listening to people like him um and also like there's like other more small niche ones but it's good to kind of listen to a lot of different things and you realize like you start to when you put aside like different people getting on those podcasts but when i also watch a lot of youtube channels now because everyone's a content creator so there's always channel about certain specific subjects yeah and when i watch those things and when you watch enough, you start to notice a pattern. Right. And then when you start to notice a pattern, everyone starts to say the similar things. Then, and I start to question like, oh, okay, something weird here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean in terms of subject matter or just like global perspectives? Um, both. Mm. And then, and then I just kind of like, kind of step back and think like, okay, why is this person? Why is everybody starting to sound the same? How do you think about what you want, you know, what you want your clothing to say? It's, it's like really tricky because to me, I look at it more as a platform Mm. to try new things to see what makes sense, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I think, to me, like, doing a brand, um, or just the ambush in general, because mm. it's not just, like, clothes we no, make. No, of course, we, we yeah. We do a whole bunch of different yeah. things. Ambush universe, right? Yeah. Yeah. I look at it like, it's almost like um, a platform that I can, like, you know, try new things and learn um, and explore. Mm. So, even collection, like, it's, it's almost like, music artists making their albums their first album is not going to sound the same like to Mm -hmm. their 10th or 15th later on Mm. why because they progress and Mm. they age and they pick up they develop different sounds and all that stuff Mm -hmm. so i think there will be there is like a a red thread that goes kind of like comes out in each work that i do but if i when someone like you know like you asking me what how do you describe it i really have a hard time answering that yeah fair enough. i'm just more like going with the guts and what i was thinking for that time and hopefully one day when i look back i can you know it will all make sense you'll see the thread yeah yeah um you have great content on your website just for anyone who's listening who um hasn't had a look at the ambush website like the there's such like interesting articles and and you know like cultural highlights and stuff like like it's really I learned a lot like looking through it there was things I'd heard of things I hadn't is that is that like your lens or why did you want to incorporate like such I mean because you could just not have any content or you could just have something super visual do you like feel like you want to help people access those like rich reference points that you're inspired by so it came about um two years ago well actually kind of kicked off like a little bit before another pattern reading i've noticed like after doing like few like lots of interviews 95 percent of the interviewers ask the same questions over again and again yeah and and then i realized like oh like either they're not spending time trying to really dig into like my work or anything they're just doing their job yeah or they want to try to put me in a certain box, but they're asking certain questions to frame me. Mm -hmm. 
right? To like maybe have me just be projected in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things I'm interested in, mm-hmm. a lot of things I like, and a lot yeah. of people like inspire me. But to them, it's not that interesting because like mm. they need celeb names so that that the celeb name. When it gets written out, the article like it comes yeah. up in search engine, and you right, know, right, it right. gets more views. Click, it's like right. they get pat on their shoulder from their bosses. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I get it. Yeah. And I realize, like, you know what? Like, if I just sit here and get all bitter about, like, if I'm not getting the interviews the way I want, like, you know, it's like wah wah wah, right? But I have my own website. Yeah. And what I can do is create my own narrative. Mm-hmm. So. I really wanted to just start covering people that I liked, who was interesting, things that inspire me. Part of like what we do sometimes don't get explained at all because mm-hmm. all they want is just a photo, quick like, you know, catchy like you know, you know, like I guess headline, drop, move on to next. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because yeah. everything just becomes a news feed and mm-hmm. they move on to the next subject. So I wanted to spend time actually writing about certain things that I work on. So um, I started the Ambush Universe on our website for that. Mm. So I think it's good to kind of educate the customers as yeah. well about who I am and what the the brand is about and mm-hmm. the things we work on and how you know like it's just a lot of effort of like everyone who's involved in you know our team to build those things right. Yeah. So we're more than just passing news. Yeah, I mean it's so, like proper like cultural yeah. like long reads exactly. about yeah and so, it. Yeah. So it was like I just had this thought of like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna create ambush universe and the universe just stands for the just the whole like a big umbrella of different things anyway but yeah that's why I, I've asked I reached out to um, Joanna Monique from the Champ Sisters mm-hmm. there uh, during that time well, it was during COVID um, they were. Because I, I really liked what they've done with the Champ magazine. So mm-hmm. I was like, start to build this content with them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how it kicked off. Yeah. Because I wanted to kind of create my own narrative rather than just sitting here getting mad that I'm not getting asked an interesting question. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, what, again, we don't want to like generalize about younger people, but I think the way that cultures evolve now, as you say, it is very top line, it's very surface. Whereas, like, any great designer, their references are so deep. Like, your references are obviously not from Instagram. They're not pictures you're saving on Instagram. They're, like, a random architect, a random... Instagram, too, honestly. Well, Instagram, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it does serve a purpose. But, you know, like, um, there's, there's, like, deeper... There's more levels to it. And as you say, like, kind of, that's, like, quite... It's hard to seek that out when the media narrative is just about whichever celeb name like quick few photos whatever mm-hmm. it is so i yeah highly recommend anyone who's listening to go and have a look at that um and so with ambush universe how like what's your vision for building out like what do you work in like how many years ahead do you think do you have like a lifelong you know mission or are you just kind of i don't have a lifelong mission i think um it's I like to stay flexible. Yeah. Because I always tell everybody, I look at this as a platform. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? I really believe that creativity can be expressed in different forms, not yeah. just fashion. Mm-hmm. 
So if there's an opportunity that comes for me to work on a car, yes. If there's an opportunity for me to come on to work on sneakers, yes. Um, you know, like, to me, it's like that openness approach to, like, work on different things and different... Uh, get to work in different industries like mm-hmm. really interesting me mm-hmm. and like it's it, it that those things excite me in life because mm. life is short so i don't want to you know just be doing one thing repetitively over again and again and mm-hmm. some people find comfort in that and that's fine too but just knowing myself like mm-hmm. the personality that i have i get excited about like new things mm. and just kind of delving into it studying it and kind of like developing those things Mm -hmm. so um this is why i don't have like a long-term long-term goal it's more about instinctively moving and uh welcoming opportunities that make sense Mm. and somehow all kind of connecting the dots Mm. and um and i think the more dots i connect it will become a, a a picture when I zoom out later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it already is a yeah. it is a picture, but I guess it'll become a bigger one. I guess that's kind of um, an analogy for like what you were saying about how you think. Like you've got the core brand, yeah, and it's you know what it is, and you can just go with the flow as to how and when you apply it to different, yeah, different like. Because like brand, the word brand is like overused now. But at the end of the day, Ambush is me, and it's me. Uh, using that platform to express myself mm-hmm. so yes we do have seasonal collection and all that stuff but um like we have metaverse we yeah. have an empty project that came right. out you know and then you know just like a whole bunch of things that we are working on right mm-hmm. now like i don't i like i don't even want to say i don't like i think it's more exciting that i you know in in our own universe it all makes sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and it, it's not to kind of like please someone or to get validation it's just instinctively moving to and trying things that just genuinely excites me what um yeah i mean you have to stay open right especially the world is evolving at rapid pace and and so many quote-unquote brands big fashion company big houses they don't seem to really be moving with the times like a lot of what is happening the fashion industry output seems is curiously like it feels like it hasn't really progressed but like what you're doing is building a metaverse the nfts like you're trying to you move you're keeping up right well you know that's an advantage of a smaller scale is that we can move quick you yeah know? whereas like bigger houses and bigger company the, the bigger the company gets it gets much more complex like right the steps you have to go through to get approval to like get the budget moving and all that stuff it's just like it's not as quick as like just right. deciding and moving like only by a few people so um i mean that's the great advantage of like you know smaller brand mm-hmm. like our size is that mm. like, you can be nimble and you obviously like to keep it moving in yeah. life your brain works quickly exactly. you can keep cope with the pace so you can't you don't want to be doing like a glacial yeah going through a hundred steps um just to to wrap up because i'm conscious of the time and also you must you must be a little bit tired i'm fine i'm, <laughs> wow. I'm so used to this i'm fine you're like fully alert yeah i just i'm just wondering we've kind of touched on it a little bit like what what is really like exciting or interesting to you right now what's holding your attention whether it's cultural things music or like what are your like obsessions of the moment 
if I want to say obsession, but um, things that I want to study, it's been quite hectic, honestly, in my schedule, because mm. there's just a lot of deadlines mm. <laughs> and like things to execute. Um, and those things require a lot of creative, like, or not creative, mental like energy, because it's in you know, a creative work. Mm. requires a lot of mental energy mm. so I haven't had like me time to like sit and like just watch and like you know read about things that has nothing to do with, with work mm. but the things that excites me or I want to if I have time I want to really study about is um, space mm. how infinite the world is I saw this picture um, on Instagram I think it was like I, forgot, I don't know if it was a NASA page or not. It was a picture of a like, huge like Orion. And within that, there's a little... You can even see the dot on the picture. But mm-hmm. all, you, all the picture said was there was a huge arrow pointing. And it says, you are here. Like, no, you are here. <laughs> it, it just like blew my mind away mm. to think like the earth is like a speck of dust in the size of the universe mm. and on that earth like me like just being where i am like mm. let's say like right now mm-hmm. like us talking isn't that crazy like yeah. life i think <laughs> no because i think people get so caught up in little things and they just kind of get so microscopic about the things that they have right in front of them and and then and you know get worried about wrong things and get caught up with like um unnecessary like concerns and all that stuff but that picture like became like a mental um it it kind of like became my mental like uh like a how would i say it gauge like like a scale Mm. to like really um weight out what really matters and doesn't anymore in life we're all passing mm. like so quick in time if you think about it and human understanding this man-made concept of time we feel like you know we're gonna live forever but it's not true honestly we're actually dying every day mm-hmm. and and we're not even in control of our own narrative because like if you think about our body and how weak it could be like a virus like we witness that right mm-hmm. like covid pandemic we witnessed like this virus can destroy like everybody and not just like uh health but like economy to like you know just it can yeah. create mess yeah we're so weak as humans mm-hmm. we think we're like mighty gods and we're in the center of the world but we're not mm-hmm. like that picture really reminded me we're not right mm-hmm. so yeah just pulling out i want to study about space and how like vast and um, and huge the, the galaxy is it's crazy it's crazy yeah. i mean it's, like, i don't know like i'm sorry like i'm not like the most articulate and like but it's hard it's hard to verbalize yeah, it right it's, like it's because it is almost beyond human understanding like the the scale of it the scale of it and like who knows like i'm sure there's like other intelligence and other beings out there and i'm i'm curious how well like you know civilized they are or mm. Like, how much more intelligent they are. You know what I mean? They could be looking at us thinking, like, what are those apes? (laughs) Those monkeys. Like, like how we look at, like, animals. Holding their phones 20 (laughs) hours a day. You know? Like, it's it's a fascinating thought that we still haven't, like, reached that. 
I mean, no one hasn't really reached the bottom of the ocean either, right? There's a... <laughs> could be you. <laughs> Who knows? No, but isn't it crazy? Yeah. The nature. Uh, yeah. Us. Yeah, I our think... existence. I think that... um it's like a very powerful I think I read actually I was reading a book um, recently about time and sort of um, it's called uh, I think it's called 4,000 weeks which is the average number of weeks a human a human who has an average lifespan will 4, be on a 4,000? that's it that's it oh. and it's a time and how to use it um, it's by Oliver Berkman it's a really good book I'd recommend it and one of the things he says in the end is, is exactly your point he's like a good way to like kind of recalibrate your relationship with your time is to just remember you're like a speck of dust in yeah. in like you know in the galaxy like it humbles you and, and and it's not to to make people feel like they're not important because you know equally a human can have a huge impact but just when you're like getting stressed mm-hmm. <laughs> or Absolutely. anxious or like freaked out that you're not getting through your to-do list he's like zoom out yeah because as you said you can look at this image and you're like oh my god like that's we're on this one planet in this galaxy. Yeah. And I mean this is why like, you know, I I work hard and it's like I look at every chance and every opportunity as a gift almost to me. Yeah. So it's like like me sitting there just thinking like, Oh, I'm gonna be tired and like you know, I'm not yeah. I'm not an extremist, like I don't like, you know, um I'm not quite militant about it, but to me it's like how wonderful is my life that like, you know, someone wanted to work with me yeah. like you know like i'm like yeah let's go you know i'll be there you know i'll show up like, i love that this is why you know I, I love like just traveling like you know um even if it's a short time that i'd rather go do it and then and experience that moment rather than like oh mm. you know there's, there's no off for me because i i really believe everything is like like you know it's like it's it's a great great opportunity to you know, meet new people and see things and do things. So, yeah. I think that's a beautiful note to end on you. <laughs> I'm inspired. Thank you. <laughs> and I think that that's, you know, if that's your life philosophy, because I was going to ask you if you have like a philosophy or a concept that you live your life by, but it kind of sounds like that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. For now. For now. For, for now. Um, just doing things. Hmm. Um doing things and just trying to find my place in the world and also enjoyment. Mm. I mean, at the end, like, life is about those moments, isn't it? Yeah, totally. You know, there's no, like, aha moment or grand one big moment. It's just the life makes up of, like, tiny moments. And and if you look around in the world, like, uh, in the beginning of the podcast, you were talking about the cities and, you know, different places, right? The whole world is, like, people's passion project. <laughs> so true. someone actually thought about what to put on the rail on the street down there mm. someone actually spent time thinking about that mm. someone actually spent time thinking about what tree to plant right there mm-hmm. those are the like you know little decisions that everyone made and that's the world that we live in right mm. and that's why it makes the world quite interesting and beautiful so like to me like my little choices and what I do, um, I'm just hoping that, it, you know, if it brings a joy to someone, then I think I've done my job as a designer. It's not about, like, mass or, like, the scale of it. It's just that as a creator, like, if it, even if it touched one person, I'm like, hey, that was, that was my job. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that was just, like, you know, um, 
that that was my purpose. Job is not the right word. Purpose、mm. in life, you know, is that, that I left that. Yeah. The face of the earth. You, you left、know? that little touch. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for making time to、me. do this. 